It's time for episode 511 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we always go four for four. My name is Dan Morin, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeon Dragons on the internet together. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, although I'm realizing 511 is not an easy number to say. 511. Yeah, it does require a lot of careful pronunciation, but that's what we do here on Clockwise. Careful pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we do is invite on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. And to my left this week, it is the editor-in-chief of No Jitter and the program co-chair of Enterprise Connect. It is the fabulous Lisa Schmeiser. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. This is my favorite 30-minute podcast, and I'm so glad to be back on it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm serious. I love it. <laughs> oh, glad to have you here. I'm also glad to be joined to my left by the deputy editor at The Verge. It's Dan Seifert. Hello, Dan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. All right. Let me kick things off this week. The App Store turned 15 this week, so it is nostalgia time, of course. I want to know if there's any apps from that initial run or the very early days of the App Store that you still think of fondly or maybe what some of your first apps were. Lisa, let's start with you. You know, this is a great question, mostly because 15 years feels like a lifetime ago in many, many respects. Um the first app I can actually remember being one where it was really woven into my daily habits and one that I would have freaked out if it had gone away was an, was actually an app that I was forced to start using when I had a newborn called Total Baby, with, where you got to basically track when did the baby, when did the newborn when did you have to change the newborn's diaper? Yeah. What was the composition of the diaper? When did you nurse? How much, did, or or if you bottle fed, how much did you eat? And I would say that this app was the thing that really turned the iPhone from a, oh, okay, I have a phone, I take photos, no big deal. It turned it from kind of like an accessory device to something that I began to genuinely integrate into my daily routines and to optimize my life a little bit by using it more. Hmm. Um, I have to tell you that I don't remember what were the first 500 or, you know, some of the, the first apps on the, the app store. Um, I would say that when I got an iPhone, which was not until uh, the iPhone 3G, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but um, I did have fun using some of the goofy apps like the lighter app and the flashlight apps. And there was this one app uh, that was, I know it was early days. I don't know if it was first days where you <laughs> would throw your phone up into the air as high as you could. And it would use the different sensors within the phone to try to determine how high you threw it. Of course, you were meant to catch it afterward. And if you didn't, then, well, there was some money for Apple as you went into get the glass replaced. But, um, you know, I will, of course, give a shout out to uh, James Thompson's PCALC, which um, was and still remains one of the, the first apps to, uh, you know, make use of new technologies or the available technologies there were. We time. know you're in the pocket of big calculator. <laughs> I am indeed. <laughs> uh, Dan, what about you? 
Uh, obviously, the I am rich app. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I, I just uh, I was a late adopter to to uh, iOS. I didn't get an iPod Touch until April 2010. Um, but uh, as in my social feeds, a lot of people have been like scrolling back and posting screenshots of like the first apps that they got. So like in April 2010, I had gotten the Google app and Google Earth as the first apps on my iPod Touch, which are extremely exciting, very unique. Nobody had ever heard of them. Um, but yeah, I think that other than that, it was like a lot of silly games that don't exist anymore. I think a lot of the apps kind of died when Apple killed off 32-bit. <laughs> so outside of like the big names that everyone knows, most of the apps that I downloaded in those first few months are sadly no longer available. That is sad. I, I'm sad that so many of them died off. I'm looking back at my original ones from that first week, and I've got... Some good ones. Uh, the original Twitterific, which obviously stuck around for a very long time. Uh, an AIM client. Um, I got a. Of course, I have a a thing that turned your phone into a lightsaber that you could swing around. Uh, that was pretty great. Um, but the other ones, I had a couple other that jumped out at me. Um, one of which was I had forgotten about this app until much later. There was an app called NetShare that you could download that was essentially a tethering app. But like, it, because Apple hadn't thought to sort of close that loophole at the time, and so you could like set it, it set up like a like a virtual proxy server or something on your phone, and then you could like tether your other <laughs> devices to it. And what? even you could after use the they, wonderful TG Edge network, yeah, exactly. From <laughs> but that was amazing. I had like my power book going on like that, and it, and it was hilarious because you know even after it got removed from the store because of the way the store works, you could still as long as you had it, as long as it was installed, it would not be removed from your device i kept that thing for years way after it was oh, actually useful yeah. um and then that, the other that's one, when that unlimited uh 3G yeah that's right exactly the unlimited really, data really valuable yeah um and then i think it was later but i'm gonna call it out just because it was my favorite game of the early uh iphone era was ramp champ um by uh icon factory which was a ski ball game uh which i loved um it was just a really really great game so full credit there but thank you all for your reminiscing and traveling down app store lane with me um good times let us move on to our second topic which comes from lisa all right this week is silly with all sorts of retail sales and deals and everywhere you go on any content focusing site there'll be 15 things you should buy on insert retailer here sale (laughs) um we don't name check i i I'm not issuing grace or favor to any specific retailer, but without naming specific sites or specific sales even, what are the kinds of hardware or gizmos or tech-adjacent things you would look for on sale this week, or what would you advise people who are looking for bargains to look for this week? There are two main things, and I will say them so that I save some for other folks. Um, the two that I tend to look for around this time, I'll, I'll save them in a list somewhere or store them where I can uh, come back and find them during this uh, particular week, uh, would be storage. Um, and I'm talking flash drives, I'm talking SD cards, I'm talking um, external hard drives, uh, you know, NAS drives, all sorts of that kind of stuff. Uh, storage tends to have really good deals around this time. And then the other is uh, charging options. Um, again, not naming specific brands, but there are a few great brands uh, that do charging tech, and they always have great deals right around this holiday. <laughs> holiday? Oh, dear. Uh, this <laughs> they deal got to you, Micah. <laughs> 
Happy it, what spending day to us all. <laughs> uh, around this deal-a-day, this capitalism day um, or week. And so, yes, charging and storage. Uh, Dan, did I take any of yours? Uh, no, but I wish I had thought of those because those are, are very good recommendations. Uh, I will start with things not to buy this time of year. Uh, it's July. Yes. Uh, do not buy a new phone right now. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the part of it is there aren't really that many great deals on phones in particular, natu- uh, which is kind of like driven by the fact that the, way people buy phones is generally through their carriers, at least here in the US. Uh, But also we are like two months away from new models. And when the new models come out, the uh, excellent models that came out a year before generally do get discounted. And that's when you can jump on a great discount. Um, or maybe you just spring for the newer features with the new model. So so I would avoid phones. Um, but other things that are safe buys at this time of year are typically like AirPods, smartwatches, and laptops. Um, smartwatches uh, do kind of get updated in the fall. But uh, at least with the Apple Watch, the differences are so minor that you can get away with last year's model for a very long time. And and at this time of year, nine months, 10 months or so since it was last announced, you can get a really great deal on, say, a Series 8 watch or something like that for a, a really compelling price. Ditto for AirPods and ditto for laptops. Um, laptops have been out for a couple of months at least now, at least the new 2023 models. So you can get some really good prices on those. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the smartwatches because that's like the only thing that I've bought so far. And that was because my wife conveniently broke hers earlier this week. No, she didn't break hers. It How broke. convenient. It broke. Um, <laughs> she's convinced it's going to get fixed. And I'm like, I don't I think they're just going to charge you a lot of money and you might as well get a new one that's probably cheaper. Um, I, you know, I think I've been in a bind recently where I've mostly bought stuff because I needed it at the time. And so I didn't have things where I could afford to sit around and wait. So I ended up buying both new like charging and storage stuff within the last month or so and yes if i could have waited i would have done that but instead i needed them at the time so i bought them at the time um so i do think those those categories are good options i find that it's a good time also for like for lack of a better term like gadgets like bluetooth speakers and stuff like that there's a lot of stuff that's already regularly discounted but you might find some deeper discounts uh during the deal a day as mike has coined um and i think that those are good things to look for also i'm going to go outside the technological realm a little bit and say um kitchen gadgets like which i find i buy a, a fair amount of or at least covet a lot of like kitchen appliances or kitchen gadgets i do see them go on sale so like if you're looking for certain specialized types of things uh it's often a good time to pick up sort of those appliances because unlike technological like gadgets that we all consumer tech stuff we deal with they don't get revised that often they don't change that much from year to year so mm. it's generally sort of a, a safe opportunity to pick up that like I don't know, a uh, uh, rice cooker you've always had your eye on or what have you. So those are the kinds of things I look for. Lisa, why don't you wrap us up here? All right, wrapping us up. Uh, I share a lot of everybody's preference categories. For example, I'm about to go buy an immersion blender. Uh, the one we've had, we've mm-hmm. had for 20 years. It's time for a new one, one that is preferably a little bit more powerful and a little bit less splattery. Uh I have used deal-a-day sales in the past to do things like buy solar panels or solar rechargers you can throw in a backpack and put out while you're camping so that your phone or your Bluetooth speaker gets a little bit of a charge while you're car camping or something like that. And I love a good portable, um, you know, anchor core or little brick or something to 
so, something to throw in the car or something to throw in the luggage. Uh, just, just you always have an emergency backup source of of charging uh, when you're in a new place. And uh, every once in a while, you can find different adapters, plugs. Um, uh, power strips, things that where again, if you're traveling, you plug your little brick into the wall and you boom, you can you can charge four USB devices. I love when I find those things on deal a day sites. It's mostly for stuff where if I had to buy it not on sale, I'd probably be irritated by the price. <laughs> but when it's on sale, magically I'm okay with how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird how that works. It's the yeah. magic of deal a day. Uh, all right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise, and this week's episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, you know the feeling when you finally find the thing you've been searching for on the internet, the exact piece of hardware you're looking for. For example, the one that all the great reviews told you about and the one that's on sale for deal of days and it's available in your country and you get it on next day delivery. That is great. So why is it that when you can get the most random niche thing from around the world in just two days, but you want to see a good doctor, it can take forever to get an appointment? Not to mention, how do you know if they're even good? Thankfully, there's ZocDoc, a place to find and book great doctors who actually have amazing reviews, many with appointments available within 24 hours. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance or are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots, because they don't need to go to the doctor. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can even get same-day appointments. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps in the app. So mo- no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. As somebody who works from home and has like a lot of time that's available but in weird hours, I find these kinds of you know options to be super convenient because sometimes I have like a podcast at noon and like that's the only time that's available. Uh, or, you know, oh, I'm available in like uh, 10 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning and you don't want to have to wrap your sort of schedule around somebody else's schedule it's much better when you can find like the holes in your schedule and and appointments that fit them so that is one of the huge benefits of zocdoc is being able to find something that works within your schedule and that turns around really quick so you don't have to be waiting for a week for an appointment because you know sometimes you get anxious when there's like oh man i got i got this spot and i don't know what it is so you can get that taken care of very quickly go to zocdoc.com slash clockwise and download the zocdoc app for free then find a book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc.com slash clockwise zocdoc.com slash clockwise the most fun url to say on the internet our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And with that, halftime is over, and Micah, you are up. Yes, I am. And my question for you as current or former tech journalists, uh, do you pay attention to terms of service, privacy policies, Apple's App Store nutrition labels that are privacy labels? And then I'm curious how much or how little. I think all of us as uh, consumer tech journalists talk a lot about needing to pay attention to this stuff. And we talk about the companies. I'm curious how much you yourself in your own life uh, do look at these different things and how much it influences your decision to use or not use a product or service. Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, I love this question. Um, So I'm going to start off by saying that we have on the verge in every single product review on the site is a box called agree to continue, where we basically force the reviewer to count all the things that you need to say accept on or agree in order to use a device. Uh, And our goal there is to just kind of bring more awareness to these privacy policies, terms of service, all the things that you have to agree to before you can even have fun with your new gadget. Uh, 
And so the, the awareness of it is there. Um, but in my personal life, I would have to say that it's pretty rare that I choose not to use a service or app because of its privacy policies. Oftentimes, if I'm like trying out a new app or trying something out, I want to know what that experience is like. And even if I read through all the terms of conditions and the services and blah, 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 I'm still probably going to end up using it at least to see what the experience is like. Uh, I think there's rare exceptions there. Um, there's times where like the data collection is just way too much for me. Um, I think Apple's uh, nutrition privacy labels are actually very helpful with that in comparing like two apps. Um, and so like I don't use Facebook a lot in my personal life because I don't feel like I agree with their data collection privacy uh, policies. But at the same time, I'm using threads because it's new and I want to see what's going on there and what's happening and stuff like that. So it's it's really hard to say, like, if I ever decide to not use something because of a, a privacy policy. But I'm glad that, like, people are thinking about it and looking at them. Yeah, I am. I am absolutely terrible when it comes to this because, you know, anytime I'm downloading something and there's like pages and pages of, of things to agree to. It's invariably because I'm trying to test this and I'm just like, yeah, 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 come on. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can have my firstborn child. You can whatever. Just let me get to the app because I need to I need to look at this. Um, I think part of it is is a certain degree of cynicism of awareness that like everything is bought and sold. All your information is bought and sold and you're agreeing to all these things constantly throughout the day, sometimes without even realizing it. And I really applaud The Verge because I do note that they summarize that stuff for you and it is incredibly helpful. Um, but I, I often am very bad at it because like, Dan, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about like, okay, I'm going to use some other service or something like that. Um, but it does raise interesting points because I think people do good work, like sort of pouring over those details and sometimes alerting people to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that at least forces the companies to defend them on the record, which I think is the most dangerous part is like, since we all sort of click through, it, it feels like it's a tacit acceptance of whatever we're being asked to do. When in fact, it's like, well, you're just making this really hard for us. You're giving us extra work to figure out what nefarious loopholes you're trying to exploit. <laughs> so it puts all the sort of the onus on us as consumers to do that, which is really feels kind of unfair, honestly, when you think about it, um, because they have way more resources than we do and time. Um, so for me, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time looking at it. I do think it is interesting. And I'm, I do think Apple's done a good job with the data privacy things, because I do see people share screenshots of that a lot, especially, you know, <laughs> generally when they're trying to browbeat somebody else and saying, like, <laughs> why are you using this app? It steals all your data. Um, and uh, that may not be the best way of doing it. But it is good that it is sort of conveniently easy to read. I would love to see some more regulation over like how these kind of things are presented. And, you know, in terms of well, obviously, just what stuff is allowed, period, in these kinds of terms and agreements. But I'm not super hopeful that that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Lisa, what about you? You know how there are, there are actually people in this world who are like, I will vote for any candidate who eliminates daylight savings time. Like, I've actually heard this. This is somebody's political philosophy. I will vote for the candidate that says EULAs are done mostly for the benefit of lawyers who don't want to have to go to court and defend a user agreement. Like, they're, they're, they're great if you're a lawyer. They're terrible for your user. I would love if we actually had some sort of um, regulation that stipulates the simple bullet points in a user agreement with like a hyperlink with it that goes to the full legal statement for the sake of the lawyers. Um, I, I think user agreements are fundamentally unfriendly to most users. That doesn't mean I don't scroll through them, but I'm also, again, um, somebody who's worked in tech journalism for quite a while and am always looking out for 
what these companies are going to do with my use, my data, my user ID, whatever content I generate through their service, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think I'm a typical user or consumer in that way. I don't think anyone on this panel is. <laughs> um, and and like I said, um, if somebody wants to run for office on the platform of let's reduce a EULA to five bullet points, it has to be at a fifth grade reading level. We can hyperlink the legalese later. Um, contact me, I'll tweet you. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a platform. Uh, I I think that the I, I think that the practice of being informed about these things needs to be more widespread. I think it also needs to be more user friendly. Um, thank you for attending my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, all good answers, all answers, uh, relatively expected. Um, I am a lot like uh, Dan Seifert uh, in the sense that I will be mindful in certain uh, instances. If I think that an app should not have uh, certain information, if it makes no sense for an app to have certain information, um, that will tend to make me kind of, like rise my hack, raise my hackles. Um, so if an app I'm you know using it and then suddenly it's asking for access to view the devices on my network, no, 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 you may not. And in some cases, I'm going to completely delete the app. I also will tend if an app if there's no reason for an app to have me have an account. I'm not going to create an account with it um, because that's just being used to uh, tie me specifically to that. Um, I remember when the uh, it's a pretty pretty popular um, device, the Ember Mug, came out, and I had it in the early days. Later on, they added an integration with the Apple Health app, and they also then made it so that you had to register an account with it, and it had all of this stuff in it raised, you know, sort of made me think so much that I went in and read the entire privacy policy for them and was displeased, to say the least. And so I was very careful to create an email and all this other stuff that was just specific to this so that it wasn't tied to anything else so that I could continue to use my bougie Bluetooth connected mug. Um, So yeah, I, I kind of uh, I tend to to preach harder maybe than I um, don't uh, you know than, than the way that I, I monitor my privacy myself, but I do still try to be mindful at the very least, uh, and I think it's very important. Uh, Dan Sievert, it is time for your topic. Okay, uh, my first clockwise question. No pressure. Um, so a uh, couple of months ago, Apple finally released a 15-inch MacBook Air. Uh, a lot of people have been saying they've been waiting years for this to happen. So my question to the panel here is, are you a little laptop person or are you a big laptop person? Dan, what do you think? I'm like 6'2", so I guess I'm a big... No, uh, I actually am a, I'm a small laptop person. I... I have a 13-inch uh, MacBook Air M1, and that replaced my beloved 11-inch MacBook Air, which I am still sad about there being no real replacement for in Apple's laptop lineup because I absolutely love the small laptop form factor. For me, it's all about weight, um, and I love the idea of a, a device that's so light that you barely even notice it's there. I also especially really like it um, on plane flights. The 11-inch Air was a great machine to have on a tray table because you had all this room and you could easily work there and it was very compact, um, fit perfectly in a carry-on bag, fit in a you know a, a seat back pocket and all that stuff. It's great. 
Um, I am I am very sad that they, they they replaced it with a 12 inch MacBook and then they killed the 12 inch MacBook entirely. Um, and now everything is gigantic. It's like all the phones. The phones are huge. The laptops are huge. It's great. I know everybody loves their screen real estate. I just feel like something a little more compact and easier to carry because I it may be tall, but I'm getting old and my back is starting to hurt. Lisa, what about you? I have a 13 inch MacBook Pro, which I love, and you will pry it out of my cold dead hands or when you get me an upgraded version <laughs> and a lot of it's for the same reasons dan cites i like being able to work with it um on airplanes i like how portable it is i have um a hard acrylic clamshell around mine and i like that i can just throw my little macbook into almost any bag i have and tote it hither and yon and it doesn't take up the whole bag it's just it's it's a computer on the go and i really like that and i don't have a job or do the type of activities where i need the extra screen real estate so tiny tiny laptop tiny laptops forever i say <laughs> <laughs> i am also all about the tiny laptop i am a very tall person as well uh with large hands and yet my uh th- excuse me my 13 inch um m2 macbook air is easily my like my most favorite device i've ever owned um i have had mostly um 15 inch macbook pros like since college that's what i've had every single time it was time to get a new uh computer it was always uh, a laptop and it was always the 15 inch macbook pro uh but i Uh, switched to just having a Mac Studio as my main device and then needed to have sort of a device that could go back and forth between work. So I thought I was kind of settling with the M2 MacBook Air. Uh, Lo and behold, it has become my favorite machine and I would, I don't know, fight Godzilla to keep it. Uh, Why does Godzilla want your laptop? (laughs) I don't know. He's got some big hands. He he needs to to do some some keynote presentations on taking over a, a city. Um, but I how to properly knock down a building. But anyway, I don't even want the the fifteen inch MacBook Air. Um, that's how much I really 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 love this thirteen inch. Uh, go ahead and round us out here, Dan. Okay. Uh, everybody loves a small laptop. I'm going to cheat because it's my question. And I'm going to say that I like a medium <laughs> laptop. Uh, I've got oh. a 14 inch MacBook Pro and it is very much a Goldilocks size for me. Uh, and I think as I've gotten older, my vision has gotten worse. And, uh, instead of going to get glasses, I just get a bigger screen. Um, and, uh, the, the 14 inch, it like really blends a lot of the characteristics that all of you have highlighted about small laptops in that it is portable. It fits in basically any bag that I want. I don't have to buy a special laptop bag to carry my laptop because it'll fit there. But it still gives me a little bit more room. It's a little bit more comfortable keyboard. It's a little bit more uh, better speakers and other things like that, that uh, I really, really am happy with that size. 15 and 16 inch, too big for me. 13 inch can work, but 14 inches, just right. All right, that's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. Before that, I'm going to remind you that if you feel like supporting this show and looking great while you're doing it, you can now get a Clockwise shirt. Go to clockwise.social slash shirt. Take your choice of sizes and colors. You get a sweet Clockwise logo on the front. It's really nice. Mike and I both have ours, and I assume we wear them every single time we record this show. Uh, but now uh, yeah. you can get one too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> clockwise.social slash shirt. And now the bonus topic... I need to know, this is scientific research, what is the best donut? I will accept either flavor or vendor. Lisa? 
Oh my gosh. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, donut shop here in Alameda called Donut Petite, and they make a Homer Simpson oh, donut. That's awesome. Seriously, it's it's got like the pink frosting and the sprinkles and everything, and it really is a donut to make you go, mmm, donuts. <laughs> um, I am going to go with, and uh, this is just like what I think is the best. I really like maple mm-hmm. flavor. So mm-hmm. any donut that involves maple is a donut for me, although no donuts are really for me unless they're gluten-free, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but Dan, what about you? Uh, I, I have to concur, uh, maple bacon, if it is on the menu uh, at a donut shop, I'm, that is the first donut I'm going to order. It's a good choice. I do like a good maple. Um, we have a great donut shop down the street, but the one I'm going to pick is from a place called Blackbird Donuts in downtown Boston that makes a s'mores donut. It's really good. It tastes like s'mores. What else can you ask for mm, in life? That does sound good. <laughs> hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise, and you can sign up for just $5 per month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we talk about occasionally used, but incredibly important apps and services. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode, and all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. And Dan Seifert, it was a great debut. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This was a blast. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.